the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Trinity. And so, you know, as you reflect on that, you know, whenever you see the word behold in the Bible, usually what comes after is something we really need to get. It's something we really need to see and grasp a hold of. And so as we sing this out, I think we should just take this time to just really just open our heart before the Lord, behold his goodness, behold everything he wants to do in and through your life, and just let the presence of the Holy Spirit just begin to speak to you, begin to just tear down any walls, and just invite him in, and just behold his goodness, and worship him.
gather here today in the name of Jesus. We gather here, Father, to worship you, to adore you, Father, to hear from you, Lord, to learn, and Father, to uh, hear exactly what you have for us this day. Father, we're grateful for this gathering, for those who have gathered online in the cafe, our students, our children. Lord, we're just so thankful today to be here, uh, Father, for this very time that we have together. We thank you today for James and Charity, Anwa, Father, we thank you for their ministry among us that we don't see a whole lot of, Lord, but goes on every week, weekend and week out, weekday in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Father, we're thankful for their commitment to you, Father, their sacrifice, thankful for their family, and Lord, we pray your anointing upon James as he uh, brings the message today. We pray that you would use his words to challenge us, to grow us, inspire us, Father, help us to move forward in our spiritual lives. Father, we're just so thankful today that you're here with us and that you gathered here, Lord, and uh, because we're here, you're here, and we're thankful for that. 
be with those today that are low, Father, that are uh, struggling a bit. I pray, God, that they will leave encouraged. Father, I just thank you for this uh, place, this church. God, I pray for those in our community that do not know you. God, help us to be about your business, Father, and that is to seek those, Lord, who, uh, Father, otherwise would perish. So, Lord, we're thankful today that you've called us, and, Father, you use us, you've given us a vision, and, Father, we want to be faithful to you. So thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Welcome to church today. We're truly glad that you are here today. What a beautiful day today is. Uh, spring has sprung. I think it was, was it last week we had snow? I think or it was close to it. And uh, now today it's uh, like 70. So we're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, we're going to take our tithes and offerings in just a few moments at the next song. And uh, we're grateful for your giving. You know, uh, you are a generous people. And I just want to take a moment to thank you for that generosity. Uh, many of you give and give and give. And uh, God uses that to help us to reach people not only in Fredericksburg, but around the world in places like Port Harcourt, Nigeria, and India, and other places all around the world because of your faithful giving. So we're so very, very thankful uh, for your giving. And you can give an, an uh, offering in just a few moments. The baskets or buckets will come by, and you can give check or cash. Go out to the lobby and give with a credit card, debit card. You can download your app and use your app uh, to give. And uh, so um, however you give, just give with a cheerful heart, and we appreciate uh, appreciate that. So now let's make welcome the world famous Peyton Clark. <laughs> Hi guys, how's everyone? How is everyone doing? Am I on? This one's on. All right. Hi guys, how's everyone doing? Put that back for me. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Good morning, everyone. Um, right now is a great time for you guys to pull out your phones and check into Facebook. That's just a way that we get the word out there that we have service on Saturday nights and two on Sunday. Um, let your friends know that you're here and worshiping with us this morning. Um, we have leadership board elections coming up. Those are going to be next weekend on April 21st and April 22nd. Um, if you're a member of Salem Fields, you are eligible to vote for this. Um, and so even if you don't know the people that are um, on board for this or for these um, positions, just be praying about maybe a person that you see in the picture and you think they would be a good fit. They represent our church um, and they are great leaders in our church. So just be praying about who the Lord would have you vote for in those elections. Um, we have Propel coming up as well. Um, that's a women's ministry that we have about once a month. That's going to be also next week, um, Friday, April 20th at 7 p.m. It's going to be here in the auditorium. Um, child care will be provided for um, women with younger kids. And so if you're interested in that, um, definitely check it out. It's led by um, Christine Kane and it's an awesome Awesome, um, awesome group that we have. Membership class is also coming up. That's going to be next weekend as well. We have, we have a lot next weekend. Um, it's going to be um, Sunday, April 22nd during the 9 a.m. service. So maybe if you guys come this service, you can go to your membership class if you're not a member of Salem Fields already, and then you can come for the 11 o'clock. Um, Rich will be leading that, and it's going to be in room 306, which is down that hallway. Um, if you have any questions, you can email classes at salemfields.com. And lastly, we have celebration service that's coming up at the end of this month. That's it's going to be on April 29th at 6 p.m. And that's just the way that we have our Saturday night, our 9 a.m. and our 11 a.m. services that come together. And we just celebrate what Jesus is doing in the lives of so many people. Um, we have baptisms. We have baby dedications. Um, we have testimonies. And we have a great time of worship. So mark your calendars for that. Um, and I hope that all of you guys can make it out to that. We welcome James and Charity from Nigeria here this morning. Yeah, let's give them a hand. 
And so James is going to be talking to us today about obedience, um, and our very own Jamie Jingle is being obedient today. He's prepared a little song for us while we take our tithes and offerings. awesome, wasn't it? Man, I admire him so much for doing that. See, Jamie is behind the scenes all the time, and he does all kinds of things that make a difference here, but you can't really see it. And uh, he also does that in his spare time, Just and, and he was willing to do that for us, and I think that's amazing. Well, uh, we are interrupting our series, Don't Be Fooled, but we want you to continue not to be fooled, right? But we're interrupting that for this week for James and Charity to be here. They're going to come up here, and I'm going to get to ask them a couple of questions. But I want you to tell your friends next week we're going to pick that back up. Wow, Tim, here you are. You had a hip replacement, and m the man is back <laughs> in, like, days. <laughs> and I know it's because your wife feeds you well, right? That's what it's all about, <laughs> Amy. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about don't be fooled. We're going to be talking about sexuality. Now, that's going to be fun, isn't it? You're going to want to tell your friends. Everybody needs to know about this because we're living in a culture that's gotten so confused. We're going to talk about what biblical sexuality is, and uh, uh, we're going to continue to encourage everyone, don't be fooled, right? Because there's so much out there that we can be fooled with. So, James and Charity, I'm telling you, do you love this hat or what? I'm saying I love your hat, Charity. <laughs> you know, you know how to to do it, um, James. Uh, it's so good to have you here, and uh, Charity as well. So I just wanted to uh, ask you guys a couple of questions. And James, would you tell us all of the different aspects of the ministry that you have there in Port Harcourt? Okay, back in Port Harcourt, we reach out to. Uh, young people who yes. honorably would not go to church, 
um, like on Sundays, they are in the sport field. Then we reach out also to children and uh, uh, teenagers, the teens. Um, we also uh, reach out to uh, pastors in the rural area. And um, we also reach out to widows and um, single mothers, you know, um, to um, help them survive, you know. And um, also we uh, help uh, our community uh, where we live uh, to have uh, uh, affordable good water to drink and uh, um, we help also provide uh, security and then um, electricity. All kinds of good things going on there. So, uh, Charity, would you tell us about your ministry there to the children? Okay. Good morning. I meet with uh, children ages two to what? To ten. Then 11 to 19, 20, we have meetings in two centers, one in my home and another in another school. We meet once a week, each group, Friday and Saturday. And uh, some of these children, their parents don't go to church. So I bring them together with uh, some volunteers. We teach them the Bible and I encourage them to go home and read the Bible daily and when they come back we make them account for the bible they read during the week and we also hold uh, programs once in three or four months on a saturday we hold for the children and the teenagers so they come they stay from morning till maybe three or four we provide lunch for them and then we give them gifts, give them exercise books. And uh, we thank God for the results because some of these children, we, we, we believe God that through these children will reach the parents. And once a year during the Christmas, we hold parties for the community and we invite the parents of these children to attend and the last one we had, the picture we sent, about five parents gave their lives to Christ. And uh, two of the children we started with, two of them are now teachers, you know, teaching other children with us. <laughs> now I was going to ask them, tell me something exciting that's happened recently, and I don't know how much more exciting you can get than that, right? That they uh, bring the children in then they uh, know that that will bring the parents, and parents have given their life to Christ as a result of that. And the world changes, and all of you are part of that. When you give uh, in the offerings, and uh, so much of it goes to Port Harcourt, James and Charity, and their ministry there. So um, could either one of you tell us, I know that uh, Salem Fields gives about $1,700 a month. Could you tell us, could you tell them the, those that are supporting you, how important that is to your ministry there? Very important because uh, we have to pay uh, salary to those who support us, who work with us. Uh, we have a coach that helps us to coach the footballers and we have the boxers and the martial arts group of people. I was just telling Buddy that one of those team, one of those boxers, you won't believe it is not a police officer. 
You know, That's so the street right. boy, <laughs> yeah, you know. And um, uh, at our building, we have a security, you know, we pay. We also have three assistants, you know, a, a pastor and other two missionaries that assist us, you know, so we give them allowance every month, you know. And uh, <coughs> uh, part of the money we use for the building project, and uh, uh, we provide uh, uh, snacks, like she said, you know, for the children and even for the adult Bible studies. You know, uh, whenever they come for Bible studies, uh, we give them, it's all free all the time. And uh, when we do training for the pastors in the rural area, uh, we feed them all through the two days, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and uh, we provide the materials for training free, and we also pay their transport because they come from long distance and it's really difficult. Um, so these are one of the ways we um, use the money you send to us um, to help people come to know God and enjoy God. Thank you, God bless you. We are so connected to this ministry, and it's so uh, so important for you to know how what a difference that you make. You may not be able to travel there; a few people have. But when you give, you're uh, making that ministry happen, and you have a piece of that. So, one more thing, James, could you give us an update on the building? You mentioned that the building that uh, some of the funds go to. Uh, yes, uh, <clears throat> that whole came. We mentioned that uh, we brought to the decking level. Uh, the, on the first floor. First yes, first floor is not decked. So we are preparing to move it to the lintel and then to the... So it's going up. It's, it's slow, right? Yeah, it's slow, but it's moving. It's slow, but it's moving. That's all that matters, right? <laughs> it's slow, but it's moving. Well, yeah. Charity, you have anything else to say or...? Um, maybe about the widows and the... Okay, we, we have... Uh, Put your mic up to it. There you go. Some single um, parents mothers who are struggling with their children, we also help them to pay the school fees. One of the children you know, that come for Bible study, we notice that you know, every time I ask him, he will tell me the next session he will enroll, but eventually I found that the mother couldn't afford the school fees. So we took it up. And the three children you know, have been paying their fees since uh, last session. And just before we came, we assisted a single mother in her business to boost her business so that she can take care of her children. Yeah. And uh, I just want to mention those school fees are so important because if they don't get to go to school, then they may be sent out into the streets to beg. And that's never a good thing. So thank you so much, James and Charity, for what you're doing there. You're right on the front lines, and we get to be a part of that. And thank so you. thank you so much. You. Make them feel welcome. Good morning and welcome. Uh, we are all brethren, and um, you know, God is awesome, uh, diverse in the way He does things. Uh, some of us are noisy, some of us are quiet. <laughs> and God allowed that because He enjoyed it all. So if I'm, an, if I'm noisy, just enjoy it. Amen. Amen. 
You know, um, uh, I want to pray for you, but before I do that, you know, I almost came to tears as she was talking about um, the widow um, whose kids don't go to school. Um, I was just wondering, you know, when she was um, uh, talking to me about these kids, I said, what future will they have if they don't go to school? And um, it was not an easy decision to take because the money was not there. But like I told Buddy, I said, we have to do it because we live to give. Jesus forgave us and we forgive others to live. So we live to give. I was praying, I said, we're coming back to the US to visit the church. And I was praying, I said, Lord, how do I show I love them? If only you can give me a million dollars. I thought I had enough faith to have a million dollars. But it didn't come. And my wife said, we need to buy some gifts. That's okay. But we didn't have enough money to buy gifts. And I said, Lord, I want to be a blessing to the brethren in Southern Faith Community Church. He said, yes, he will bless them. But how? So we got to Houston. One night my wife was praying, and I had her praying, Lord, make us a blessing. Do something to bless the church. And he struck my heart. Just pray for them. So shall we rise as I pray with you and pray for you. Paul, sorry, uh, John and Peter said to that important man, look at us. Silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of the Lord Jesus, rise up and walk. This morning, we may not have silver and gold gifts to give to you, but we want to pray for you in the name of Jesus. I don't know your challenges, I don't know your needs, but you do. Just believe God that whatever challenges you have, whatever needs you have, as we call on God this morning, He will come to you and do you good and bless you, and release you, and heal you. Father, we are just but your servants. I pray for my brethren here, standing before you. Lord, you see them. Lord, you know their needs. Lord, you know their hearts. You know what aches them. I ask, send help. Lord, bring help to them. Bring healing to all. Bring deliverance. Their spiritual life, their marriages, their finances, their health. Lord, bless your people and do them good. Give them a testimony to praise you. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. This one I want to share with you about obedience. Why obedience? The scripture tells you and I that the world today is ruined because of disobedience. We all came from the first man named Adam. When God made the world, it was beautiful. The Bible says, and behold, everything was good. Good, no evil. Perfect. But all of that changed when the first man disobeyed. For as long as the first man, Adam, lived in obedience, everything was all right. Everything was okay, beautiful. Boom. Disobedience came and everything. And the Bible says, though through one man disobedience, sin came into the whole world and then did reign over all, but by one, one man's obedience, Jesus, Life came. And this Jesus said to us in the Gospel of John, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words and the word which you hear is not mine but the father who sent me. I read on in the epistle of John. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not bothersome. If I were to ask you, do you love Jesus? What would be your answer? Yes, of course. I love Jesus. It's easy to say, I love Jesus. 
Jesus asked that same question. To Peter. Peter, lovest thou me? Like Peter will also echo back, yes, you know, we love you. Is that true? Like Peter will say the same thing. Yes, no, you know I love you, Peter said. I will say the same thing. You know I love you. But where was Peter when he asked that question? He had told Peter go preach this gospel in my name for the remission of sins. But where was Peter? Peter was busy doing his own thing, doing his own business. Peter had already said, you know I love you. If anybody denies you, I will not deny you. But did he deny him? He did. And Peter had left to go fishing. And Jesus came that morning. Oh, I love Jesus. He made breakfast. And then called Peter and the rest. And they ate breakfast by the Sea of Galilee. After which he asked him, Peter, do you love me? Because if you love me, what will you do? You will keep my commandments. I gave you a command. Amen. Obedience is the very best way to show that you love God and believe in him. Obedience is the very best way to show that you love God and believe him. We are living in obedience when we carry out satisfactorily the instructions given to us by the Lord. To do exactly what he says is obedience. But we live in a world where we are defined by what we do, our activities, our business. So we are prone to get busy doing things without reference to what God wants us to do. We want to be seen to be doing something. We are just doing something. You know what Jesus said? In John 17, he said, Father, I have glorified you on earth by accomplishing what you gave me to do. For to ask you, does your life glorify God? We say yes. But if I ask you, are you accomplishing what gave you to do here on earth? 
Obedience is what God craves for. That marks us or distincts us from the fallen race. In Adam, we all fell because of disobedience. In Christ, we came alive because of obedience. Therefore, if we are truly alive in Christ, our lives should be characterized by what? Obedience. Obedience. And I want to take a biblical case study from John Gospel, chapter 2. Let us not deceive ourselves like the king, the first king of Israel, King Saul, who was given a command, go destroy the Amalekites. Do not spare any, not even their animals. But he thought it fit to spare the king and the animals because they went to offer sacrifice unto God. And God responded, do I have delight so much in sacrifices as in obeying me? What I desire from you is not sacrifices, but what? Obedience. So in John Gospel chapter, chapter 2, from verse number 1 to 11, on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern, your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. She said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there was said there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons of apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they do it. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of science, Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. What are the lessons? Number one, the mother, Mary, said to Jesus, they have run out of wine. And the Lord said to her, so that's your business. That's your own concern. It doesn't concern me. She didn't go into arguing and debating. She believed 
that he will do something, that he will intervene. But there's a key to unlock. There's the key, and she knew the key. The key was obedience. So, rather than trying to persuade and argue with Jesus, he turned, she turned to the servants. Say, whatever he says to you, do it. That's the key. Whatever he says to you, do it. That will change this atmosphere. And Jesus was moved. When we obey God, God moves. You may not know how to pray much. You may not know all of the scriptures. You may not preach like I do. But if you know how to obey God, no matter how little, God will move for you. And it's my prayer that after today, you begin to obey God more than you used to and see God move in your life. Now watch. Jesus said, fill up those water pots with water. Does not make sense. Because those water pots, according to the culture, the tradition of the Jews, were said there for the guests who came for the feast to wash their feet. So, when he say, fill up the water pots, the servant could have asked, everybody is seated. All the guests have come in. They have all washed their feet. Are you expecting more guests? Why do you ask us to put water into the pots? To have asked that question. He didn't ask those questions. Sometimes, when God gives us instructions, it may not make sense to us. But remember one thing. His wisdom is higher than what? Our wisdom. So, they went and filled up the water pots. And they filled the water pots to the brim. So, their obedience was immediate. They didn't argue. They didn't debate. Their obedience was immediate. As servants, they went, brought water, and filled the water pots, not halfway, but to the brim. Their obedience was complete. So their obedience was immediate, not delayed obedience. Immediate. Not half measure obedience, complete obedience to the brain. And Jesus said, now, take some of the water and go give to the master of the feast. Come on. How are you saying? These are water pots meant to wash the feet of guests. We have obeyed you at least to put water there. Maybe we're thinking that more guests were coming to wash their feet. That's our business. Now you say we should take this water to the master of the feast to drink. Does it make sense? 
they did all the same. They took that water to the master of the feast. Obviously, in a jar that they used for drinking wine. And I just imagine in their minds what is happening. And when they got there and the man drank and he said, wow, this wine is better than the one we have been drinking. He had no knowledge whence he came from. Only the servants who knew. Because if you have seen them taking the water from the water pots for washing feet and bringing it to him, woo! <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Their obedience was continuous. It was immediate, it was complete, it was continuous. Even when it didn't make sense. But because the master have said it, and the mother said, whatsoever is said to you, do it. Today, what will be the application for us? Our obedience must be entire. What he says, we do. What he says, we do. Doesn't matter if it is convenient. Doesn't matter if we bring ridicule, if we cause embarrassment. Sometimes we think it will cause embarrassment to us. But what he says, just do it. Sometimes it be in conflict with those we respect so dearly. Are you following me? It be in conflict with those we respect so dearly. Let me share with you. I don't have all the time, but here was a great experience I had with my father. My, huh? thank you. My father was a heathen, an idol worshiper. I was not born then. And uh, we are from the south side of our country. And he has gone searching for money, searching for business, and traveled all the way with his elder brother and a friend to the southwest. There he met the missionaries. The white people from Europe, or maybe from America, I don't know, or from Germany. And he believed the gospel. He was so passionate, he was so zealous for his faith that he brought the missionary all the way to the south side of our community to start a church. So we are known in my community as the church people, the people who brought church. That's how they were known in my place. Amen. Now, many years later, I was born and I became a Christian. And um, um, I had to go to college. Actually, I was to travel to Britain to school, but some stories and stories and stories. And my father said, okay, uh, uh, we don't have enough money to pay, um, so you stay behind and see if you can, you know, 
to get a school to, work, you know, to go to college here in our country. I said, okay, till next year, because I've lost this year, so till next year. Um, then he told me, no, um, one of our relations uh, came and said, uh, he can help you get you know, into a college. I said, it's not possible, because one, I need to do the exams. Okay? So there was no way I could go into the college after do the exams, so I didn't do it. He said, no, no problem. Uh, um, that our relation, you know, uh, it's a friend um, to one of the big guys in the college. So uh, they discuss it and all that. I said, what kind of friendship? Oh, say they are in Freemacy. I said, Freemacy is a cult. It's satanic. So I, have, I now have two reasons why I won't go. One, I do the exams. Two, I will receive a gift from somebody who Satan. My father was angry. He said, listen to me. You don't know God more than I do. I said, right. Say, before you were born, I brought church here. I brought church. My pastor was a white man. So you can't tell me that. I said, thank you. You made good for me. But from the Bible I read, there's nothing in common between God and Satan. My father was so angry with me. And he called my mother. So from this day, he ceased to be my son if he doesn't obey me. And I told him, I said, well, you are my father. I want to obey you, but in this case, I would rather obey God. And he said, out. You know, my son. I said, okay. If you mean what you are saying, give me money for transport as a token that you are serious. He said, you dare me. I said, I'm not daring you. I'm just obeying God. He brought money. He said, take out. With heavy heart, I was weeping. You know, I walked away. But you know what? Two weeks later, my father sent for me. He said, he couldn't sleep. He said, at night, God appeared to him and said, you are wrong. Your son is right. He is obeying me. Amen. When we obey God, God will always show up for us. Our obedience must be entire. Two, our obedience must be exclusive. Doesn't matter what somebody else says, like I said. So I came to the conclusion, you know, you, those of you like body and others who uh, are preachers and teachers and are trained, you know, you've come to this uh, statement that the Bible, the scriptures must be the final authority for our faith and conduct. Today there's this new age philosophy. all kind of brilliant ideas in our world today. Experts. He said this was said by the experts, researchers, what have you. And we try to mold our lives by what they say. No. The final authority must be what he says. Whatever he says, he 
So our obedience must be what? Exclusive. What he says, not what somebody else says. Can you imagine what our world would be like? Can you imagine what this nation, America, would be like if every single Christian, a believer in Christ, live in obedience to the word of Jesus? Just think about it. What our world will be like, what Nigeria will be like. If every single Christian in Nigeria will live in obedience to the word of God. You know what? Back home in my country, even most preachers, they live in obedience to the words of politicians. Because they will give them money, stolen money. I know I'm on air and I'm saying with every boldness that most of us preachers back in Nigeria we will not live in obedience to the word of God but in obedience to the words of politicians because they will give us money, stolen money. Our obedience must be specific. Just do it. Be practical. Just be practical. Just do it. Just do what he says. Just do it. You may not be confident. People may not like you. Just do it. You know what? Sometimes when you obey God, when you do it, it, it convinces you. It may even put you to more trouble. It may convince those around you. Joseph chose to obey God. People have said, well, I've lost everything. I've lost my beautiful coat. I've lost my parents. I'm in a strange land. But God has favored me. I'm now in a home. A commander the great man in this country, in Egypt, I'm comfortable. I'm even the sheep of the servants of the slaves in the house. I have right to everything, so I'm enjoying life. But when it came to the issue between his faith in God, obedience to what God says and what somebody has to say, he chose to obey God. But when the lady of the home enticed him to sin against God, he chose to obey God. He will have said, after all, well, I didn't ask for her. She is asking for me and giving and even plot to kill the man of the house so they can get married. No people do that. No, the woman said, Joseph, I love you. You are wonderful. Can we live together? Joseph would have said, well, this is beautiful. You know what? We have to kill your husband, so I become the boss, okay? He would have said that, but no. He said, I will obey God. Say, he obeyed God and said, I will not commit immorality with you. And then the woman carried out her plot and told everybody a lie against Joseph. Now, you will have imagined that God will intervene immediately 
God kept quiet and watched. And Jesus was put in prison. So the fact that you obey God does not suggest that instantly you may get good results. It may get you into trouble. That is why many don't obey God. Because they don't see the instant reward of obedience. But you said, James, my obedience should be immediate. So the benefits should also be immediate. It's not always so. But you know what? God is wiser. His going into prison was only making a way for him to experience all that God has planned for him through the years. Joseph had a dream that it will be great someday. But that dream will not be fulfilled until he helped others to realize their dreams. And he has to meet the dreamers in the prison. There was no dreamer in his father's house. There was no dreamer in Potiphar's house. The dreamers were in the prison. So sometimes, even when you obey God, you may not find the benefits instantly in your father's house or somewhere else, but God will take you there. For God will cause all things to work together for your good. He will cause all things. He's the one who does it, not you. He said he will cause all things to work together for your good. Who are you? Those who love God. And those who love God, obey God. See, for God will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love him, who are the called according to his purpose. So those who love God, Jesus said, obey him. Just do it. Just do it. And God will show up. Are there benefits? Yes. There are benefits of obedience. When we obey God, we are positioned to experience supernatural interventions. Like the example I just gave to you about Joseph. When we obey God, automatically we are positioned to experience supernatural interventions from God. He does. He does. Thank you, Charity. It's always casting me to slow down. In this case, in the text we read, there was abundant supply of wine. The wine ran out, but because those servants obeyed, filled the water pots, six water pots, each containing 20 to 30 gallons. I don't think the bridegroom 
had enough money to buy all of that kind of wine. But when obedience came in, when obedience came in, there was abundance, more than enough. And Isaac is a good case study in scriptures. In Genesis 26, verse 1 to 6, and then verse 12 to 14, if you happen to read it, the Bible says, and there was famine in the land as in the days of his father Abraham. And Isaac said, I will move on to Egypt. I will move down to Egypt. When you move away from God, you are moving down. When you walk with God, you are moving up. So, Isaac said, I will go down to Egypt like his father, and God showed up. Don't go down. But when your father went down, it was nowhere with him, so don't go down. They said to him, stay in the land. Isaac will have argued and said, well, there's famine, there's no food, there's hunger. Why stay here? It's obvious. But he obeyed. He stayed in the land of famine in obedience to God's word. And he sowed, he planted seeds. When there was famine in the land, why was that? Why, why, why was there famine in the land? Because all those who planted, nothing grew. The land did not allow growth, good vegetation. Maybe it was winter. I don't know. Do you plant in winter? There was nothing happening. But because Isaac obeyed, the Bible says he had a great harvest, abundance. That the man worked strong, so rich, that he became the envy of the people around him. I assure you that when you obey God from this day forward, God will so bless you that you become the envy of those around you. Will you say amen? amen. In my country, we'll say amen. I say it again. From this day, as you begin to obey God more than you used to, as you begin to move on to say, God, I will do it. I say, God will so bless you that you become the envy of those around you. Amen. Thank you. So when we obey God, we experience supernatural intervention of abundance. Two, when we obey God, we enter into divine wondrous renewal. Divine wondrous renewal. The Bible says that the wine that Jesus made was better, was sweeter than the wine they had before. When you walk in obedience, you experience a renewal from God that makes your life better all around, everywhere around. 
in your marriage, in your family among your kids, in your business, in your finances, in your health. You experience renewal when you walk in obedience. You'll be to say, my life is sweeter. My life is better. Yes, because you're walking what? In obedience. When we walk in obedience, we'll experience divine wondrous renewal from heaven. And be sure that will be your experience. You will experience renewal as you walk in obedience. Thirdly, when we walk in obedience, we will experience significant revelation. Jesus will come. We read in the scriptures. He said, when a man obeys me, I will come to him and reveal myself to him. He said, my father and myself who will come and make our home in him. The world will never know God. The world will never know Jesus until Jesus come and reveal himself in us and then through us. He will first reveal himself in us, then through us. We, his children, are his witnesses on earth. We ought to carry him and reveal him to our worlds. But we hinder him when we live in disobedience. When we live in obedience, he said he will come and reveal himself in us. So he can reveal himself through us. How many of you will want God to reveal himself through you? You want God to reveal himself through you. This is the key. Live in obedience so that he can come and reveal himself in you. Because what he does for you and in you, he will do with you and through you. What he does for you and in you, he will do with you and through you. This morning, if you are ready to say, God, here am I. Reveal yourself in me and through me. You are saying, Lord, I will walk in obedience. Come here. I want to pray for you. You hear me? Just come here. I want to pray for you. Say, Lord, I want you to reveal yourself in me and through me. You are saying, Lord, I will walk in obedience. Just say quietly in your heart, God, I'm standing here because I resolve to walk in obedience with you. Just say it and I pray. 
Lord, thank you because you heard everyone saying to you, I will walk in obedience. Now ask, oh God, that he receive grace from you to walk daily in obedience with you. And Lord, reveal yourself in them and through them. That the world around them will know that Jesus lives in each of them. I ask it for your glory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Say amen. amen. God bless you. I love you all. Here. If you all would just stay up here and let's just worship together. This song is called King of My Heart. And what a, uh, there's no better song to sing after what James has brought to us. Then God, would you be, you've come up and you've said, God, I want you to be the king of my heart. So let's just worship together and let's close out that way.
with here in a minute, but you know, James and Charity, I met them in 2004. I met James and I knew he was the real deal. And then I met his wife and I knew for sure he was the real deal. And uh, Gay and I and uh, uh, several others trained in Nigeria many, many times with them. And I got to tell you, they are the real deal. I was uh, with uh, James last night in Charity after we had dinner together and I said to James, I don't know what I asked him, and he said to me, he said, buddy, we live to give. And I said to James, and I'm just telling you because this is an act of obedience because I, I don't want to kind of pull on heartstrings. I want to tell you the truth. I said to James, I said, James, do you all eat every day? Because we only give you $1,700. I said, do you get any money anywhere else? He said, we get no money anywhere else. Uh, said sometimes people hand us a little money at conferences. And he said, we may eat every day, but not substantial. He told me. And I thought, you know, if Gay and I had a staff person that wasn't eating every day, we'd do something about that. And uh, we have an opportunity this morning to do something about that. And that's give a love offering and to help them. And uh, the $1,700, if you just knew that you knew what they did with that, it's incredible to me what all they do. When he was telling me, telling us today, I thought, gosh, there was something else he's doing I didn't even realize they were doing. And uh, so I'm going to ask you to share in a love offering today. Man, I'd love to give them $10,000 uh, to take home with them. And so that's going to take some uh, generosity. It's going to take a miracle maybe because our crowd is not as large as usual. So would you give as God lays on your heart, will you be generous tonight, today for uh, James and Charity and their ministry back home? I can promise you that uh, they'll use it wisely. They always do. Okay, Father, thank you for this offering we're about to receive. Lord, we pray that it, you would multiply it, God. If you can make wine, if you can make wine, turn water out of a, a, a wash pot into wine that's fit for a king, then, God, you can take this offering and you can multiply it. And so, Lord, we're asking in the name of Jesus that you would use this offering to glorify you, to sustain this ministry and sustain this couple, Lord, we pray. We thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. So you can give with a check to Salem Fields. You can give cash. You can go out to the machines and give. You can give online. So don't leave, okay? Like Just like pass, help pass the buck, okay? And uh, God bless you. Thank you. Yeah.